Hi, and a big welcome to another episode of Laughter and Lunges with your hosts, Catherine and Sarah. Thanks for taking the time to listen to us today. We would love it if you could rate, follow and share the podcast so that it can reach even more ears. Here's today's episode. Hey. There she is, but I can't see her, but that's okay. Oh, no way. That's okay. I can see you over here, but I'm going to try not to like look at my laptop screen. Wow. Do you know what? It actually black screened you at first and I thought I wasn't going to be able to see you. And I wouldn't have liked that, friend. I wouldn't have liked it. I was going to say that wouldn't be too much of a disaster. I also have my hot water bottle shoved underneath my jumper. So, (laughs) yeah. You you do look very cosy. I love this jumper. It's like an ice hockey jumper. It does look proper nice. (laughs) Just getting it all in the photo, in the photo, in the video. That's where we're at tonight. Photos, videos. My brain's How are you? I, yeah, I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. I am surprised that it's Thursday already. How are you? (laughs) Yeah, I am delightful. Thank you. I think Neil's accidentally clicked in. See you later, Farrell. (laughs) (laughs) No, stay with us. We're friends. (laughs) Oh. Dawn, I, yeah. Hi, Dawn. Amazing. And Patsy, it's I know Patsy. Legend. What a great, great name. name. Yeah. Ah, only Love joking. It. We've also been joined by Annie. Hi, Annie. Hey. You you're loving the shout out, so I'm loving this. I feel like you're a radio host. <laughs> and Neil's in and saying hello. All the way from New York. Song requests up next. (laughs) I'm going to stop your video on Zoom because it's distracting. I keep keep looking at you, so I'm going to switch it off if that's okay. Wow. My face is quite mesmerizing, to be fair. It's been known to stop traffic, mainly (laughs) because there's red lights and I need to cross the road. I am not with it. There's too much stimulation going on from different directions and I'm not with it. So that's helped. Dawn says, greetings from Cornwall. I hope She's gone down Eurovision today. vibe. Eurovision vibe? What do you yeah, mean? that's what that sounds like. You know, there was like, greetings from Oslo when they give their points. That's what I feel Dawn's gone for there. I like it. I like it. If anybody has any questions for us, then please fire them in the comments below. We're here for a bonus Q&A. We're aiming to do one every couple of weeks, aren't we? We sure are because, you know, we're so good at the technology with Instagram. To be fair, this one's been seamless. You can't see me. That is the downside, maybe. I just have but to look at myself, which is a bit rubbish. <laughs> not at all. I'm quite dark anyway here, so you're not really missing out. I've got all the lights going on here. Whoa. Um. Would you like your first question or our first question? Yeah, let's let's hit up the questions. Okie dokie. Can you see that? No. No, okay. Nine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, am I better off using free weights over machines? People always say free weights are better. Wow. This is like such a good question, actually, because I do think that this comes up so often. I think there is there is almost a um, narrative within the gym world that almost like using free weights is better than 
using machines just making sure i said that the white the right the white way wound. <laughs> the white way wound <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but essentially no like i don't think it is better i think that's what the research shows isn't it that essentially like if you're working hard and you're whether you're using like the free weights or whether you're using machines that there is no difference yeah absolutely that um there there was a big meta-analysis systematic review done this is where they look at the body of research like as a whole and this was from august 2023 so this is this year so this is quite recent very recent in fact and they essentially conclude from the studies that they've looked at that there's no differences between um, increases in strength increases in power output um, and increases in muscle building um, when you compare they think they do specific exercises so they maybe compare like a barbell back squat trained over 12 weeks to um you know like a leg press machine or leg extension machine and they'll look at say the quadricep muscles and they'll look at muscle growth and strength increases in between those two groups um and what they found that there's there's no difference which is interesting definitely yeah that because i think that's the thing isn't it like you hear a lot of things about free weights being better and they might be better for some people for certain reasons and the same with uh, machines that they might like you might have a preference for using machine over free weights but I think it's almost reassuring to know that with your goals like whatever you're using as long as you're working to a certain intensity you're going to see those results as well totally Neil's saying like this is a really great example of it being person specific so Neil is saying machines for me give me stability that's Mm. such a great point especially and I know Neil is very experienced in his training but we might be able to say the same thing for somebody who's just starting out in the gym who maybe doesn't have as great balance or is even like elderly and they're potentially quite wobbly in some free weights exercises actually putting them on on a machine creates a bit more stability there because Mm. they're potentially in a seated position the movement pattern of where kind of like their limb is going is kind of I suppose isolated to one plane of movement right so they it's not like they have to also think about keeping their core stable as well and stopping themselves going from side to side because there's only one way that the machine can move so that's such a great point agreed and it's really handy as well for like rehabbing so when you're returning from injury again for the same reason that stability is such an important factor and I think that can help to build confidence too within the gym so that stability side of things to know that you're putting your muscles hopefully through the full range of movement in a stable safe position when you start out can be really helpful but also it might feel less intimidating and this can work both ways for free weights or for machines for some people um but knowing then that your preference of if you feel that you're more comfortable using the machines over the free weights or vice versa that that's going to be more beneficial um then definitely you can do that too if you really hate a particular exercise so something like squats maybe they just feel really uncomfortable and that's not something that you enjoy doing because it doesn't just quite feel right for your body then you can always if you feel that you don't want to put that time into working around it then you can always use like leg press and like the variations of the squat machines within the gym as well and you're going to get good results from doing that too 
Yeah, I certainly find that um, if I do too much heavy squatting, I say heavy, it's not that heavy, <laughs> but for me, relative, um, I do find that I get like a niggly lower back. So I've kind of resigned myself to the fact that I also don't, I don't really enjoy squats that much. I've never really loved squats. I've kind of resigned myself to the fact that that, like that's how it is. And I much prefer going on like press machines um, as opposed to squats. And that still gives me like my legs a really good stimulation and I can still work really hard on it. Um, And in fact, in some cases, I suppose, you know, you've got a higher safety element there sometimes with some machines, depending on what machine you're using compared to a squat where you maybe have a lot of weight on your back. And then that's linked to the confidence thing that you spoke about there, Sarah, is some people might not feel comfortable having, you know, 20, 30, 40 kilos on their back, but they're happy to press that on a machine, even though it doesn't directly correlate, you know, like a a 40 kilogram squat might not actually directly feel the same or the same intensity as 40 kilograms on the leg press, for example. Um, But yeah, I think it's, they both have their benefits, don't they? They have their pros, they have their cons. Um, I certainly find that some machines, just the 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 range of movement and things don't feel as comfortable. So I would mm. prefer to do a free weight exercise. I know that with a lot of shoulder press machines, I don't find that they're that comfortable. I just I just feel like my arms are too far back, mm. or I'm not high enough up on the seat. And I prefer then just to get a set of dumbbells and sit down on a bench and do it that way because I have a bit more movement and I can make it a bit more comfortable for my shoulders. But that's just like my personal preference. Agreed. And I think sometimes as well, like if you don't have access to a spotter, then you might want to use a machine over like free weights too. So almost like the diff- the opposite of in a way what you just said but the fact that if you from a safety point of view feel kind of actually I want to maybe like go a bit harder on this but I've not got that spotter available then maybe using a machine can be helpful Um, and again it depends on style of training like if you're doing something like drop sets then trying to do drop sets with free weights if you're in a busy gym chances are you're not going to be able to do that or you'll be hated because you'll have the whole set of dumbbells out in front of you or all of the weight plates ready to go what are you talking about I do that every time I go in the gym (laughs) so it can be a lot more convenient to do something like that on um a free on a yeah on a resistance machine but also a lot quicker and a lot safer to do that too so there really are like a lot of pros and cons to both and I think that's why as well when we program workouts we always put in a mixture of the two because it makes it a bit more enjoyable often as well, that variety, but also easily adaptable too. So if someone doesn't particularly get on well with the free weights, then we can always change it to maybe a resistance-based machine um, and vice versa as well. So yeah, it gives us that sort of flexibility and can keep training a bit more sort of exciting as well. Mm -hmm. And if you're really short on time, I suppose you could argue that the machine weights are probably quicker and more efficient did I just say free weights or machine weights I meant machine weights whatever I I said said machine weights yeah that's what I meant (laughs) machine weights which is actually what I said um yeah can be like quicker and more efficient because you're not faffing around with you know putting like taking dumbbells back and forth between the rack or finding a bench or um loading up a barbell for example um so you've got that benefit there though you could argue depending on what type of session you're doing you know if you're doing a body weight session 
or you're doing a session where you have the same dumbbell in front of you and you use the same dumbbell or the same pair of dumbbells for the entire workout, then that's also quicker than, you know, hopping between different free weights across the gym. Um, but yeah, I think our conclusion there is that neither one is better than the other. And the research also backs that up when it comes to the results that you get for strength and muscle building. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, we've got some weak comments. Um, I'm just having a look because I think oh, I thought somebody had added something else to that conversation but we've got another question live from Annie thank you Annie um, this is I, this is a silly question it's not a silly question there's no such thing as a silly question right um, never there's never a silly question um, but I wanted to know if for some reason you ate a low protein diet but you started lifting weight, would you fail to build muscle or would it just be slow? Oh, what an interesting oh, that question. Is that is not a silly question at all. Excuse me. It's okay. I suppose like, yeah, for some, some people, there might be some people with kidney issues who have to go on a low protein diet. There was a one-to-one client that I worked with a few years ago who couldn't have over a certain amount of protein in a diet. Um, I think it was maybe like, it wasn't, it wasn't really, really low. It was something like 70, 80 grams. So it wasn't like hardly anything. Um, but in terms of like then starting to lift weights as I think it depends where you are in like your, your experience and where you are in your weightlifting journey. So if you're somebody who's just starting out, then you have like a lot more to kind of gain from doing a little bit. Um, I don't think you would lose muscle. Um, you're still getting protein in your diet. Like you say, it would probably just be slow. Um, you would certainly see some strength increases to begin with without even necessarily needing to grow any muscle. So if you're someone who's just starting out, you're not eating much protein for whatever reason, and you're just starting to lift weights, you'll notice your strength going up. And that isn't necessarily at the start because you're growing more muscle. It's because you're recruiting more of the muscle that's already there. So that's like motor unit recruitment. So if you think about, um, I had an, an analogy for this ages ago and I can't remember what it is anymore. It wasn't but... flushing a toilet, was it? No, it wasn't flushing a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one's a great one. I thought it was really good. Um, but if you think about, say, for example, you think about doing a bicep curl and you're just starting out, you've never done them before, maybe only 50% of your, the fibers within your bicep are initially recruited to do your bicep curls. But two, three weeks in, maybe you start using 75% of them. And then, you know, another three, four, five weeks in, you start using 85% of them. You see strength increases without necessarily building muscle in the initial phases of getting into lifting anyway. So I think you would probably see like, uh, this is me theorizing this, by the way, I haven't actually looked at the research, but I think what you would probably see is like an initial increase in strength. And then that would probably slow down. Um, and depending how low your protein is, it would probably just be slow muscle building. And then you'd probably reach a plateau. Um at which point, you know, you would need to increase protein in order to see further growth and further strength increases. Again, it's going to be, yeah, individual to everybody. Yeah, agreed. And something that just came to mind there for me when you were talking about that in terms of it slowing down is also then 
the impact on your recovery too that it might have depending on sort of how low that protein is because obviously it helps with growth and repair so you might notice that maybe you're feeling more fatigued maybe a bit sore um, maybe sort of less energy to go into future sessions but again it's going to be so individual and dependent on kind of how low as Catherine said that protein is really mm-hmm. and if say for example Annie you are having you know you're on a low protein diet and you're specifically on that for you know say for example like a medical reason you have to eat I don't know 70 60 grams of protein what you could look at is how you're spacing that out across the day and how you're timing that around your workouts as well. Because whilst you can't get the total amount of protein throughout your day optimal, it's a good idea to look at the other aspects. So the distribution across the day of that protein and then the timing around the workouts. So let's say, for example, you couldn't have any more than 60 grams of protein a day. Ideally, you'd probably want to split that 60 grams into three servings of 20 grams and you'd spread it out across the day and have one of those soon after your workout. I would say like an hour within like an hour or two after your workout. And at least you're optimizing all the things that you can optimize, even though you can't have as much protein. Hopefully, I was going to say, hopefully that makes sense. It does make sense. (laughs) Oh, you actually did it. I saw that on your face as well. (laughs) I'm so sorry. But I think that's such a good point about timing, yeah, like looking at the certain things that you can optimise if you can't optimise other things. I'm doing weird things on my screen. <laughs> I did um, see Neil just commented about um, on our earlier question about there's a great personal goal in free weights. You feel you have achieved more than putting a pin in a machine. And I agree with that as well. There's something about like, going to pick up the next set of dumbbells or adding on another plate onto like a barbell it does feel like it does feel different often than just changing the pin on the machine as well there's something about that so I do yeah I get that vibe as well it is a nice feeling I get that as well like physically walking over to the dumbbell rack and like picking up the next set of dumbbells and like feeling kind of like a badass yeah yeah you're like physically moving weights from one point to another rather than it just kind of moving up and down on on a rack Uh, yeah I get that I feel you um Annie says thanks I'm a newbie it's really interesting to hear that about percentage of muscle um by the way those percentages that I was quoting there were kind of like an example it's not 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 exactly but that's kind of yeah like the the trend I suppose that you'd see um I'm eating more protein I did always just wonder if it was essential I also found weightlifting made me starving Mm. oh interesting um definitely like look at your food choices as well and make sure you are filling yourself up um at meal times and eating again plenty of protein that will help you to feel fuller for longer plenty of fruit and veg um and even eating around, you know, like if you want like a carbohydrate snack around your your training time as well, that might might help. Agreed. You're obviously yeah, working I, very hard. Yeah. I was going to say as well, sometimes like if it's a new stimulus, like it might be that we do feel a bit hungrier because we've introduced like a newer, newer activity into our usual routine. So it can it can increase a little bit if we do something like that just while we get used to it. But as Catherine said, like timing your protein and timing your meals around like when you're training, but also looking at 
what you're including in your meals to help you to feel sort of fuller for longer can be really useful as well. Agreed. Dawn says, I have a random food question for you. We love a random oh, food no. question. Is it about um, mince pies? No, um, I'm not sure. I'm like reading and taking it at the same time. Um, <laughs> as I've spent most of the day, or it could be about mince pies. I just haven't seen the word mince pie yet. As I've spent most of the day packing slash driving slash unpacking, what is your favorite slash. super <laughs> slash? Um, what is your favorite su- super? You're putting me off. It's just not good enough. <laughs> you know, I struggle reading as it is. I know. Um, <laughs> What is your favorite super fast go-to meal when you need to get something in quickly? Wow. I suppose it depends on what you've got access to in terms of like, have you got access to microwave in a kitchen to cook, et cetera? You had a good one the other day. You put it up in the group. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, I think like for me, I always have a couple of those floating around and now it sounds (laughs) really secretive. So I have bought from the supermarket, um, it has to be that the syllables that I really struggle to say, but bowl, like bowl pots, which are <laughs> like a vegetarian, um, or I think it might even be vegan, but it's 100% plant-based anyway. It's got over 20 grams of protein in, and it's just a really quick pot that I can bosh in the microwave and know that it's got like a couple of portions of veg in. And it generally is like full of like lentils and like potatoes, things that's going to make me feel sort of full for a longer period of time. So I'll have stuff like that in. Um, But otherwise, something like scrambled egg on toast, like for me, that's a really quick just go to meal. Like if you've only got sort of 10 minutes, like I can make it and eat it in that sort of time. And that's that's probably I think like my real go-tos if I'm in a real real bind will be those two things I'm trying to think of mine I'm like frantically thinking in my head mm, porridge and a protein shake and some fruit in the porridge um soup and heated up and you know one of the little pots that goes in the microwave that has the lid on it and you you push the thing on the lid and then the steam comes out I don't know what I can't remember what it's called it's like a, oh, like tupperware. a, a little tupperware thing yeah, yeah. But Dawn gave me beef for eating my soup out of one of those one day because I didn't put it in a bowl. But that is super fast. So Dawn, there's some advice for you. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's such a good question, though, about the fast, like, go-to things. Mm -hmm. For me, I think it's useful. The fact there that we were like, oh, what do we have? But almost having a list of those things, like, good to go, can be really helpful because if you're in a rush, and you're like busy your mind's like preoccupied with your like packing slash driving slash unpacking slash other stuff then it can be difficult to like compute at that time what you're going to eat so almost knowing okay I've got this list of like three to five things that I know I can cook really quickly that's going to help me to feel at my best to carry on doing all of these things I've got to do can be so so helpful And it's something that's such a simple thing to like implement and maybe have like on your notes section on your phone and just ensure that it's things that you can have in all of the time. I mean, eggs is pretty simple um, to have in like in stock. They tend to keep like fairly decent. Um, But just having things like that written down that, you know, then you can turn to 
when times are busy can kind of help you to stay on track and feeling at your best. Mm-hmm. And even like a couple of ready meals in the freezer, yeah. it's fine as well. And maybe you have some frozen vegetables too, and you literally whack it in the microwave and it's, you know, you can continue doing your packing and unpacking whilst it's in the microwave or whilst it's in the oven. Um, so that actually, all you really need to kind of spend the time on is actually eating it. Um, and if you're doing that every now and again that's absolutely fine i know that there's a lot of beef with i keep I've, that's like the second time i've used that word beef Loving there's a lot the of beef, beef. With... <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't really like beef but um what was i gonna say um, there's a lot of beef i think about was it about oh with processed yeah like ready meals processed food and i think you know if you're having it with in small quantities within your diet it's absolutely fine agreed i think they're just so handy and as well like like I said, certain ones nowadays, like it is full of veg and full of like, there's a real sort of um, focus on what's going into it. And yes, like it is still maybe like an ultra processed food or highly processed food. But as you said, if it's going to kind of mean that, or I don't know, what's the alternative? Or not eat or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) then I know what I would choose every time. And that's still going to be better than snacking on something else that's equally probably processed too so yeah I think it's it's kind of weighing that up isn't it really Mm -hmm. um Neil says I think this is yeah this is a question I've been out the gym over a year um I'm paying a PT over six I thought that said six thousand pounds a month I was like what (laughs) it's like how many sessions are you doing with them slash what's their hourly rate over 600 (laughs) pounds a month oh you're just gonna keep using Um, that now slash and five months in I still don't have the drive to go on my steam not good on my part and lots of money why am I lazy slash there wasn't a slash I just added that uh I've got um sorry my head now I've got that awful song do you remember like that slash dot dash dot it rings a bell. But... Oh, I don't know who I feel. Was it Goldie looking Jane or someone like that? Anyway, if anyone knows the answer to that, please pop it in the comments. I was going to like Google it then, but I won't play it on Instagram just in case they take our, you know, like copyright. They take it down once we've posted oh, it because yeah. it's copyright music in it or something. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Mad times. Um, See, so I... go on. You go first. No, you go first. <laughs> I was just going to say, I wouldn't say like that this is being lazy. Like you're obviously getting a lot from going to the gym and having a PT that that's more motivating for you than going to the gym like on your own. So I wouldn't sort of say that that is you being lazy because you've recognized that at the moment, maybe you need that extra bit of accountability and support to get to the gym, that you're putting something in place to ensure that you are getting there and you're getting those sessions in. Totally. It's like an investment in yourself. If you're if you're feeling better for it and you're benefiting your health and you're getting closer to your strengths goals, then I see that as an investment into all of those things. And I suppose you know, we can't answer this question for you, like whether it's worth it or not, but is it worth it to keep doing it? Or maybe you dip in and out of having a PT. So you maybe have them for a few months and then you do it by yourself. And then when you feel like I'm losing a bit of motivation and drive, then I'm going to go back to the PT again. Um, yeah, I, I'm with Sarah. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily lazy. It just means that maybe there's, you know, 
things that motivate you or drive you and maybe you could have a think about is it what is it that you kind of get from training with the PT is it the fact that somebody else is there and you're showing up with someone else at a specific time and if it's that maybe there's someone that you can go and train with and you could be training buddies and that is equally as motivating for you and holds you accountable agreed yeah and if it was something you were looking to move away from could you start by getting to the gym in between those sessions with the PT on your own and Mm -hmm. seeing how that feels, even if you set yourself the challenge of a shorter session. So you're going to go and like beast out maybe a load of supersets. So you get in and out like faster. You're going to say soup. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're in an odd mood today, aren't we? Between us. Um, Super. But yeah, fine. I think what Catherine said there as well, like really focusing on focusing in on what it is that you're getting from the PT at the moment, what you feel it is that's that missing link. And if it's something you want to move away from and being able to go by yourself or maybe not spend out for that, then is there a way that we can get you to have that same thing on your own, but in a different way? Totally. Love that. Amazing. Um, would you like the other question? that was in the question box if you've got another question let's um let's go in Ooh, let's go into this one it's kind of on a soup theme (laughs) is bone broth protein powder better than other protein powders oh bone broth protein powder yeah i didn't realize like there was a bone broth i can't even say it on that papa (laughs) (laughs) seriously like there's yeah. a what are they are they grinding down bones then like into a powder is that how it works like I've not it heard re- of that it reminds me of um Jack and the Beanstalk see you now know, I'm I'll out grind his bones to make my bread oh, type vibes maybe that's how you use it wow like I've not I'd heard of obviously making making bone broth but not actually like turning it into a powder um but I know you looked into this, so I might let you. But yeah, I didn't realize it was a powder. Yeah, because I'd heard of like, bone broth it. before, like soup. But then yeah. I have seen like recently some like, pro- yeah, like protein powder, like a supplement, I suppose. But it's, you know, instead of it being whey or soy or pea or hemp or, I mean, there's a, a multitude of rice. different powders that you can get. <laughs> rice, no, there is. And then there's like beef egg there's, there's yeah. loads of different protein powders that you can get but wow. yeah i've never heard of the bone broth no one. way sorry no way what sorry it was just a really bad protein powder joke oh <laughs> that went straight over my head oh it was that bad when you have to explain a joke <sighs> like it's not good is it if someone <laughs> said his bone broth powder not a stock cube Wow. Yeah, like, honestly, that has yeah. blown my mind that that is, a like, it actually comes in a powder form. Yeah, imagine it was a stock cube. Yeah, <laughs> just, like, or just selling like it for loads of money. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually gravy. Yeah, imagine. Oh Bovril. This is, honestly, that oh. has blown my mind. Sorry, we need to get back onto the question. <laughs> what was the question again? Um, is bone broth protein powder better than other protein powders? Mm, no is my short answer um essentially like i've I've got questions but i'll ask after you've answered the question go on 
<laughs> yeah, see if you've got questions after I've like tried attempt to, attempted to answer this one. So bone broth is for anyone who doesn't know what bone broth is, it's made from I think you basically boil bones of either um I was gonna say bovines, beef, <laughs> um, <laughs> poultry, like chicken or turkey or pork um and it draws out um the proteins or the amino acids from the bone and generally that's kind of like collagen it's in fact there was a study that i looked at that compared different common bone broth this isn't even the the powder this is like bone broth recipes to collagen supplements and the bone broth was had like worse amino acids or like a worse mix of amino acids than um the collagen supplements so it depends it depends like what you're using it for right so if if you're wanting to take collagen then you're better off taking a collagen supplement than you are taking bone broth soup or bone broth or bone broth protein powder that's a mouthful so that's that and then I looked at another study from 2019 that looked at, I think it looked at like the amino acid profile of different bone broths. And basically like it's, it doesn't have all the essential amino acids in it. So what I mean by that is essential amino acids or amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. Now I can't remember, I can never remember the numbers off the top of my head, but I think there's like nine that are essential that we have to get through our diet all the other ones we can like make out of the other amino acids. So we can like chop and change them and make new amino acids, but there's nine that we can't get through like making them ourselves. We have to get them in our diet and bone broth is missing. I think it's missing more than one of them. I think it's missing a few of them very much like collagen is missing a few of them. So if the reason you're looking for a protein powder is to help with muscle growth, then bone broth protein powder is an incomplete protein. It's a low quality source of protein and it is not going to help as much as other types of protein powder like whey, which is the gold standard. Um, even soy and pea are better because they're complete proteins. They have all the, um, the essential amino acids in them. So if you're vegan, then you're still better. If you're vegan, you wouldn't be having bone broth anyway, but you're still better mm. off going for soy and pea, but you probably just need to have a little bit more than you would weigh. So there's like all those considerations, but yeah, I've seen like bone broth, protein powder, like flavor, like chocolate flavored and stuff like that. And they claim that it's more bioavailable and it's, that is just like an outright lie. I don't know how anybody could say that because it's just a lie. <laughs> I don't know it's what else to say. <laughs> It's wild. Like you did answer my question actually there, Catherine. So I was going to say, is it coming flavored and flavored? Like Ooh. it's just, yeah, it's really blown my mind that it's actually in a protein powder. Like obviously I'd heard of people making like bone broth, um, but actually putting it into a powder. I did just have a bit of a Google then to see why you, and um, I looked at the ingredients of one of them and it's just grass fed hydrolyzed bovine gelatin so that already puts me off a little bit mm, not nice but i always think like you know when when we have the question about anything about is it better always like better than what and better in what way like what's the reason and i'm always then interested like what's the benefit that 
you think you'll get from that over maybe what is more readily available um mm. yeah so that's always quite interesting as well but interesting to hear that research on it not kind of containing all the amino acids as well like mm. the full amino acid spectrum it's frustrating because i've seen certain brands of bone broth protein powder marketed as like i said being better than whey mm. in terms of the bioavailability of it and it's funny that you know they throw around big scientific words like that and make these big claims without any evidence to back it up in fact you know there is no evidence to back that up um it frustrates me because it's like there's an agenda there and the agenda is just like making money off of this supplement because it's different to other supplements um yeah i think the other thing that i've seen about it is like the environmental side of it as well and like i mean this is like hannah's domain um and actually, I think I'm going to try and get her on my podcast at some point. I've not actually asked it yet. So this will be, if she's watching, then this is also news to her. But I'm going yeah, to ask don't her let us down. I know. Oh, I'll ask her if she'll come on the podcast to talk about like the environmental impacts of, you know, like animal versus plant stuff and kind of busts for those myths. Um, yeah, that was another one of the claims was that the beef, because it's like grass fed it's better for the environment blah 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 blah. but it's yeah it's not true anyway (laughs) i'll get down from my soapbox now (laughs) no i think it's i think it's just really interesting isn't it and i think lately there's been a real sort of pressure on like collagen and um that's probably where it's more coming from isn't it it's like another way of getting that more into the mainstream of adding it to like protein powders and things it becomes more again like accessible um and goes into that narrative again of like looking at kind of how we age and all that pandora's box Mm -hmm. yeah we were looking at we were looking at some collagen stuff before we came on the call weren't we yeah and it was it was to do with skin aging like there has there is research to show that supplementing with collagen over like a long period of time helps reduce skin aging but then if somebody's supplementing with collagen and then they're out in the midday sun in the summer and they're not wearing sun cream then there's no point in taking the collagen for skin health if you're not already doing the foundations and the fundamental things and there was like diet as well right yeah yeah like Obviously, I think it was recommending like oily food, oily oily foods, oily, oily fish. <laughs> and we said about the um, Brazil nuts as well, didn't we? For the selenium for the skin, mm-hmm. um, which you do, Catherine, which is why you're so glowing. Clearly, well, thanks. <laughs> Doesn't stop me getting eczema on my hands, but yeah, two <laughs> Brazil nuts a day gives you over one hundred percent of your daily selenium. There you go. Maybe you need to crush the Brazil nuts into your hands and rub them together. (laughs) What, like a face wash? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. That was delightful. Um, Sharon says, collagen powder actually tastes of ground up bones, as I'd imagine them to taste. Oh, nice. Imagine that, like, mixed with chocolate. I mean, I'm sure they've flavoured it so that it tastes like chocolate. Uh... I used to like chewing on a bone. Don't at me, Shazza. I hope it wasn't a chicken bone. You can choke on those. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, I'm doing weird things again. Um, 
that's so human taking on the characteristics of their pet territory. You grot bags. Oh, because Dawn has a dog. <laughs> oh, <laughs> some abuse going down in the comments. There is. I think on that note, we should probably finish there because we've asked, asked answered all the questions, haven't we? We have. We've got through those bad boys. <laughs> that was we'll fun. I enjoyed it that. was fun. I enjoyed it too. And I learned that now we're selling... I can't even remember what it was called now. Bone, bone broth, broth protein, protein powder. powder. We're not selling it. No, we're, we're not selling it. <laughs> I'm definitely not selling it. Uh, there's your quick meal idea, Dawn. Yeah, there we go. Up to you. And on Maybe that you could note, just chew on a bone. Anyway, thank you everybody for joining us. That was delightful. It was delightful. And goodbye. Goodbye.